0: She was a little aggressive about it
1: i mean it's just Recording like for ai for, for ai like... yeah zoom zoom ai is kind of aggressive also i gotta i gotta i gotta make sure i still remember how to do this it's been it's been a couple weeks intro or editing uh yes <laughs> and there's, our there's b-roll. the b-roll Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists, their artistic expression, and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Well,
1: that's one of the things we try to uncover.
0: Performers, visual artists, and musicians, Mike and I would like to talk to you about what you do, why you do it, and what that art means for your community.
1: Please follow Active Listeners on Facebook or the Twitters. And join in on the conversation. Peace hello and welcome to active listeners podcast i am mike and i'm shane and this week we are going to talk with filmmaker jay leonard jay is a filmmaker in the upstate new york area most recently the the writer and director of the film middletown That has been nominated and won several Film Festival Awards.
0: Yeah, not just the film itself, but some of the actors in the film have won some independent awards as well, which is fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Uh, One of our good friends, Susanna Bourne, an actor, was nominated for
0: Best Leading Actress... And we're really excited to talk to Jay today. I know personally I'm very well fitted to talk about film because I've seen like probably 20 movies, you know? <laughs> I think the only people
1: that are actually fit to talk about films are people that make them. <laughs> you know, or the, uh, the people that review them.
0: Being a cinephile is rarer, I feel like, these days. Cinephile? I like that. Makes me feel a little dirty, actually. I actually auditioned for Jay. I think we both have. You know, way back when, we did Woodstock. We did. We did do
1: Woodstock. I actually am very interested in in doing film. But part of what I want to talk to Jay about today is the difficulty of film projects... Really kind of taking off, going anywhere, being seen. If you're an independent filmmaker, unless you have some sort of notoriety or you're gaining traction in within the industry, you're always building an audience. You're always marketing your stuff to
0: have your work seen because every time you do a thing, it's a new thing. And it's so different from what we typically do in in theater for so many reasons. And the, and the one big one that pops in my head is is a movie can sort of be put on pause. A movie can be halted and picked up at another time. You know, you can get part of a movie done and it never really finishes. That doesn't typically happen with theater. It usually, you have commitments and places that you need to be in front of an audience and come hell or high water, that show's going up. That doesn't really seem to be the case with movies as much. Just like anything
1: else, um... I would imagine most most films with any sort of budget <laughs> at least see the light of day. But that's going to also be something that we talked to Jay about because we neither shane or i regardless of how much film experience we have have any experience making a film being responsible for that film's completion yeah i vigorously shook my head now (laughs) i know you could
0: all tell that you could hear you could hear his brain rattling around in there (laughs) i'm still stuck on cinephile i'm sorry mike you just
1: (laughs) you never heard the the word cinephile before
0: (laughs) i i guess not
1: uh well i guess i'm a, a bit of a a word file. I don't know. That's not a word. Proving that I'm not a word file. Um, Especially not a wordsmith at that point. I mean, I made it up, so I guess I'm some sort of a wordsmith. I'm not maybe a good wordsmith, but... Does Jay write his movies? I do believe that Jay uh, is a writer-director, at the very least, wrote and intends to direct the, the movie that both of us auditioned for and i believe he did so also with with
0: middletown yeah multi talent coming on our show today we need a
1: lot of multi talents actually
0: kind of a uh, it's a like a theme. theme yeah i happened to scroll through his social media cuz you know that's how you that's how you pre interview people these days <laughs> and it seems like he does a lot more than just just film he seems like the type of individual who has a lot of artistic expressions and that's just sort of the life he lives he doesn't cur- compartmentalize it as he's a filmmaker here and does xyz over here he seems to just be the artist person the every artist the every man the every clown clown (laughs) you
1: gotta be careful some some may take uh issue with being considered a clown oh no
0: (laughs) i don't think i can live in that world
1: especially those uh more more unfamiliar with the
0: world of Classical theater and clowning. Be like, oh, sorry, you're right. You're not a clown. You're a fool. <laughs> so oh, that'll be my apologies. Better. That'll that'll read <laughs> really clear like it really
1: up. Clear it up. So before we get into our conversation, we just got a few reminders for our audience. Uh, number one, please, before we head into the interview, would be check out our social media, get involved and included in the conversation by commenting on our various posts. Or now we have this handy voicemail feature, where you can within the show description of our podcast find a link to send us a voice message on Anchor. So go ahead and do that. Also check out our Facebook and Twitter, and if you're feeling real, Randy, go ahead and head to our Patreon and become a patron. What 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 can we accomplish? Uh, If folks decide to become our patrons, Shane.
0: I mean, that's an easy one. I mean, we already have a lot of extra content that we are just waiting to release to the world. Uh, We're going to be doing some AMAs. We're going to be doing some more scripted work on Anchor as well. You can donate and subscribe monthly on the Anchor website. So check that out as well. We
1: will be back with Jay. Right after the jump. So here we are with Jay Leonard. Uh, Jay is a filmmaker, a writer, uh, and a director. Jay, how are you? Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Mike and Shane, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So we brought you on to talk a little bit about your your work and um, its importance in your life and, and your, creative, your creative endeavors. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about your work and a fun fact uh, about yourself.
2: All right, like you said, uh, I am Jay Leonard. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm a filmmaker in the, in the area. That makes a no budget, low budget kind of punk rock indie movies, and uh, if I see someone even as much as holding a peach, I will vomit. <laughs> okay. So those are my. That's my function. All right. right.
0: So no peaches in your movies is what you're saying. <laughs> nectarines. What about nectarines? Harts.
2: <laughs> nectarines i'm a i'm a thousand percent on board with i'm way down with a nectarine but a peach
0: <laughs> is it the fuzz i know this is off topic the but fuzz,
2: man it's the fuzz it's the fuzz i can't even begin to explain to you how much it's the fuzz it's the fuzz <laughs> it's the fuzz and then as soon as you break the thin veneer of the fuzz it's a totally different texture that's juicy and glorious <laughs> but it's that it's that weird leathery exterior in the hair that i just can't your brain, can't your brain, brain, look, can't I
1: respect it. I have fuzziness around being eating a plant, it's just not something at all.
2: I just, I if I like if I have that moment, if there's some kind of weird afterlife after this, and they're like, All right, you get to do one thing, I just want to meet the first psycho who looked at that and was like, Yeah, I could probably eat this. <laughs> I don't, I just don't understand.
0: Look, I feel the same way about white chocolate minus the fuzz, so <laughs> I respect your complete distaste of. I appreciate <laughs> that. All right. So no peaches, no, no fresh peaches for Jay.
2: No, canned peaches, peaches I'm into. Anyway, you could send those over to Drench Moth Productions, care of.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, talk about your production company a little bit. You mentioned uh, zero low shoestring budget uh, filmmaking. So let's start with that. Um, what's it like being a no budget filmmaker?
2: It's hard, sir. It's hard. I just, you know, I want, uh, I want money and, and, you know, drugs and, and, you know, scantily clad assistance, but I can't, it doesn't come at no dollars. It just doesn't come that way. No, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's what I'm comfortable with, man, is, is just making something for nothing. It's more necessity. It's like, you know, I feel like you can you can wait around you can wait around with a great idea for the rest of your life and never make it, um, or you can accept the fact that you're not one of the big guys and you're just going to make your movie uh, and with whatever resources you have. So, I fall on that side. I think it's I think it's important to make it. I think like every movie we've made, we always come down to like one real hard moment where the choice is it really boils down to like make a movie or don't make a movie. And I think you always have to choose to make the movie. So that's what we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about working with what you already have. So I kind of wonder what you came into a lot of this with, because, you know, we say no budget, but we really mean like low budget because, you know, you need to buy the film and you need to buy. I I honestly don't know, but, you know, I assume there are a number of things that you need to at least have or purchase over time to continue to be able to do this kind of work?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. I I think like this whole thing started, you know, 2,700 years ago uh, when I was, I was in my last semester of school and I thought like, all right, this is probably the last chance I'm going to have to get a bunch of money at one time um, with a student loan. So I took out a student loan and I bought like, the state of the art camera at the time, right? And uh, and I bought.
0: So that lasted about three months.
2: It wasn't even three months. It was so bad. It was so. It was. It was like when you buy a new car and as soon as you drive <laughs> it off a lot, it's useless. Like it's worth nothing. That is exactly it. So I bought a camera and I bought a mic and I bought all this stuff and I had no idea how to use it. And I just sort of taught myself over the next like four years. I was trying to make this movie I wrote, which was just horrible. Like if like Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith had a baby like with that guy Richie raised that's what this movie was it was just so bad it was like you know dead bodies and guns and like it was every every bad movie you could imagine being made for no money like like when you see like those movies made where it's like a bunch of 16 year olds dressed like russian gangsters shooting in their bar in their parents basement and they're like you know like it's it was that level making bad. the sound
0: effects yourself pow,
2: pow. yeah yeah pow, <laughs> yeah right right i can't do the machine gun can somebody do the machine gun so uh yeah so i uh, so that's that's kind of what what how it started but like that stuff didn't roll into anything new um i just sort of started from scratch every time uh and, and then it got to a point with like uh, Middletown, which was the last movie that we made. Um, we made it for $961. And basically it was just networking that was the most valuable piece of it. Like it wasn't about the gear, it was about making, like building a community. And then those people brought their tools to the table and kind of put them in kind of like stone soup you know what i mean like well i have this mm-hmm. and i have this and i have this and let's all make something together and let's make pretend and shit oh sh- sorry can i that is you know, more it, than fine yeah, yeah we fine. aren't
1: we aren't syndicated okay
2: <laughs> okay cool cool cool, cool. Well, fuck it then. uh so uh yeah so so that's what it became so nobody so the budget ends up just becoming what it takes to feed people so then
1: you you know you had this this arc this long journey from you know crappy basement bar you know <laughs> film to award-winning festival film uh oh. yeah award-winning. award-winning yeah yeah you won uh best feature the Coney Island Film Festival 2020 you won the Catskill a lot and- of your actors yeah,
0: won awards as well that's absolutely. pretty substantial so,
1: talk about that like what's it like now coming off a of success and writing your next thing or, or filming your next thing
0: yeah, how much pressure is on you to perform as well as uh, Middletown did? I know that we're gonna throw a link in our description so people can watch a preview, um, but I don't know if there is any way to access the entire film. If anyone is interested, you talk about that as well.
2: Well, there isn't yet, but there will be very soon. I'm actually uh, talking to somebody later about that. So hang in there on like, I'm watching the whole the whole movie, but um, yeah, the, I'll shoot the link to the trailer and everything. Uh, pressure for the next one, you know, I hadn't considered it Shane until this <laughs> very moment. So I appreciate you are welcome. That. Um, I dude, I don't feel any pressure. I, I make I make like no budget dick joke movies. It's not like there's like the eyes of the world are on me going like, what else does he have to <laughs> say? <You're laughs> like, I just... You know, that's you a know, good that's a good
1: attitude to have.
2: Yeah, I have such a low self opinion that I'm just like, yeah, it's more of the same shit, guys. I don't know what to tell you.
0: But it also doesn't sound just what you're bringing to the table. It sounds like you're making a stone soup, you know? It sounds like a lot of these people are coming on board to be collaborators, not just performers.
2: A hundred percent. And I think that that's the biggest thing you can do as a as a no budget filmmaker, in my opinion, I mean, listen, I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I, I don't. I, I mean, know even to... if you
0: didn't, we would just edit it to make it sound like you did. So don't worry cool. about it.
2: And then people think I'm like Orson Welles and shit. Like, I'm just like, here's how you do it. I can't be that guy, but uh, just the way I do it. Um, I think, I think that that's everything. Collaboration is everything. Um, I, I know what a gigantic ask it is to ask people for time and talent and sweat. Um, I know, I know that I'm going into this like hat in hand and saying, hey, I want to make this movie for nothing. And I know what that means. And it means that you're not going to get paid. And I know all of the implications that go with that. I know all the negativity that goes with that. I know all the stigmas and stuff that go with that. I, and I appreciate it a thousand percent. And that's why I beg so hard at the beginning because I'm like, look, if I, have, if I get a dollar, I'm going to give you some of that dollar. But where I can't pay you, I, I mean, you're a collaborator. Like, I'm not. I'm never going to be that guy who's just like giving line readings and stuff. You know, I try to give everybody the most, the best possible um, experience so that they feel fulfilled. So at the end of the day, it's not like, well, yeah, I made this movie and I busted my ass for 18 days, you know, 12 hour, 14 hour days, and he gave me 500 bucks, which was, I guess, okay. That's not, I feel like maybe that's not as valuable as like, yeah, and I was able to do what I wanted to do. I felt like creatively fulfilled here. And I know he's not making any money either. So we're all, everything is good.
0: Sure, sure. (laughs) We're all on the same level field of being broke. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I
2: think
1: that's. And so it's a passion thing for you, right? Like uh, making films. What is it? What is it about filmmaking that is a draw for you? That makes you, you know, go crazy? You know, pulling your hair out trying to get actors and and crew to work for free. Like, what is it about this process that that has its hooks in you?
0: Yeah, what brings you back?
2: You ever watch a movie? where at the, at the climax of it, you have like a physical reaction to it. Like, have you ever seen something when all of a sudden like your jaw tingles a little bit and you the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you actually have to stop and like look around like, holy shit, that was a moment. I just felt something there that I didn't feel before. And it was just by watching these images flash in front, like on my face for 90 minutes. That is what does it. I mean, I have been so lucky in that... I have found incredibly talented um, selfless collaborators and got to create a couple of those moments for me, just as a viewer, I don't ever want this to sound like I'm being like, I'm like toot my own horn or anything, but just, just for me being a fan of their work as, as actors or as technicians, where there have been moments where I was like, Oh my God! Like I just, I I was moved by that little moment, or I laughed at that because I forgot it was a joke because I wrote it a year ago or whatever, and just kind of being able to manufacture a moment and create this human um, interaction, I think is why I like it so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, you that know? that there's a lot of parallels between all of the performing artists and directors and. Producers that we've talked to, I think, is just feeling the emotion, making someone feel something or feeling something yourself. uh, That, yeah, yeah, that that definitely
0: rings true.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And it's also not something that's easy to do, you know. Not only is it not easy, I'm not a film person. I'm very much a a theater performer. Not to say that I wouldn't, pardon me, not to say that I wouldn't enjoy doing film, but it's just not, an avenue I've sort of gone into before. And so I, I don't know, I just, the way you have to capture things on film to get that kind of reaction from your audience must be so complex, like between lighting and, and different camera angles and making sure that song swells at the right time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where in theater, you sort of just, you make sure it all happens relatively at the same time. And the audience is like, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I, I think in that, in that way of thought, like you, I think that theater is so much harder because of that exact situation. You, you're doing it live on the day. Whereas if I choose to, I can fake, I can, I can like sort of trick you into feeling something by holding on to a shot or holding on to someone's reaction and kind of making you realize that, you're invested in this person as well now. And there's all these like little kind of subtle things that I can do that I can spend however much time I want to on. Whereas you have rehearsal and then you have show day. Sure. <laughs> and then that's it. You know, that's, that's crazy to me. That's like evil <laughs> evil stuff, man. I don't yeah, know. I think, uh,
1: as a, as, as being part of both of those processes, uh, it's. It never feels different, you know. Like the only difference is that when I'm on stage, I know right in the then and the there if I have the audience. I know right then, you know, if I'm like you know, if 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 you can read an audience, if you have that skill, if you have the awareness in the moment to do it, you you have a moment. You have moments where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're totally. You know, like, they're not even shifting in their seat. But, like, yeah, I guess I've never even considered that when you're on a film set, you're completely reliant on the director to just be telling you if you're giving him what he wants. And then after that, my job, so I guess maybe as an actor... Film is easier, because <laughs> like because after <laughs> yeah. a, I don't care about anybody else with the director. He's there to tell me I'm doing a good job or not doing a good job.
2: The director is your yeah. The director is also your audience yeah. in that moment. And then 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 there's this extra layer to it where. You know, we've been lucky enough to show our, our movies at, you know, we 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 get a, a black box theater and we and we've been we premiere them and have a good time, we go to the bar afterwards and get shit faced. <laughs> but there's this moment where like where you have that instant gratification and you know if the audience is with you or not because they're not shifting or whatever. There's that for me as well. Except for now it's not just the audience, it's everybody that's involved in it. And like I'm shouldering <laughs> all of it. So that's the worst moment. And I'm really bad with quiet, like uh, I love I love a joke because I'm, uh, you know, instant mm-hmm. reaction, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's funny, I just made people laugh. Oh, I forgot that was funny, ha, ha ha But when it gets heavy and nobody's moving, it's like that quiet and you're like, oh shit, I lost them. I lost them, why would I do this? This is so hokey, why would I do this? Oh my God, they think I'm so soft, I'm a soft boy. And I wanna get up and be like, that's right, I did this. I'm so sad. And, uh, it's, it's the worst,
0: man. Um, and sometimes that's when you, that's when you have them the most, you know, exactly when they're not moving, when they're so, like you said, images flashing on their face for 90 minutes, you know, there are some points in that where if you freeze their emotional state, you got them thinking,
2: yeah, no, it, it's still scary while you, they're frozen though because it's like Absolutely. a real, sure. it's a real on or off. Either they don't give a shit or they're into it, and it's in each, you know, each of those uh, results are <laughs> <way> terrifying. <laughs> so, how would you, how would you define your work? Um, I
1: heard, I heard you say something that I've never heard prescribed to film before, which was punk rock indie film. So, oh, describe yeah. like, what do you mean? Like, is it just, just in the, in the in the execution of the thing or will
2: I watch your films and think oh yeah that was a little punk rock I think that we use is kind of like the mantra the mantra if you will of the of, of what we do like we sort of ascribe to the to the uh, punk ethos of like we're gonna make it we're gonna make this project no matter what um so that kind of if you look at everything through that lens then I think the project just turns into punk rock. Like, so yeah, it's how we make it. It's the fact that we're going to make it. It's, it's, it's us, all the concessions we need to make. It's not like, you know, it's like a running thread of our films are like punk, they're not about mm-hmm. punk rock. It's just like, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to do this on the cheap. And we, I try to think like, I don't care what you think, right? It's like punk rock, fuck you is what we say. So it's like, just, we're just going to make this thing. I think like for, for I think if I have to really kind of pin down like what what I try to do I'm just really fascinated with relationships I'm, I've always been really fascinated with relationships whether they be platonic or romantic um I, I'm just fascinated with like interaction and and interaction and plus time seems to be the thing I keep looking at is is like like Middletown is about a bunch of friends who were who were really tight and grew up together as children and then you know, sort of split. And now they have to come back together and what that looks like. Like that, that just, that was a fascinating idea to me because when we're children, like, I mean, you guys remember the kids you grew up with, they were going to go, we're going to be best friends forever. Like you guys make plans. We're going to be roommates in college.
0: And then we're going to like, okay, we're going to raise our kids
2: (laughs) together. And it just, you know, like life happens and it falls apart. And
0: yeah, I definitely had those normal conversations (laughs) and friendships when I was young as well me too totally I I guess I assume that I am not the weirdo yeah
2: um that's how that was my experience and uh and then you know life happens but you get together with these people afterwards and it's it's just an interesting dynamic so I feel like that's kind of a weird clunky way to say that I'm just fascinated with people
0: and how much of that do you pull from your own life Uh, Where do you draw your writing inspiration from? Like, what's your muse? Is it personal experience? Is it observation of others? And, you know, what, what, where does it draw from?
2: I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I mean, it's not, it's not personal experience, you know, in the way that there are, that the characters I write are, are like representations of people in my life. That's not, it's not that one to one. I think it's just more like the feeling of it. Like having a friend as a kid who I was friends with for 20 years and then growing apart and feeling it like a breakup and having that heaviness in me and then trying to put that in terms of how, how to explain that to somebody with like Mm -hmm. two characters, I think is like where that would, you know what I mean? It's like that. Like I, I always kind of start with like, what the feeling is. And then uh, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's how I would say that. Like I'm, so it's not like, Oh, I know a guy who's just like him and I know a girl just like him. I just, I'm just trying to tell people how I feel. Yeah. I
1: think, I think thinking of the most important films in my life, like that I've watched and am a fan of it. Very rarely is it a film that's like, Oh yeah, that's me. It's, it's, Oh yeah. That's a feeling that, Through this circumstance of events that, you know, these people, these creators laid out that I can identify at least with that feeling or that I can, I have grown to understand that feeling within these people that I've been watching, like you said, for 90 minutes.
2: Right.
0: You know, I think we're all looking for that level of catharsis, you know, that ability to either recognize that someone else has gone through a similar experience and they got through it, or maybe they didn't, or whatever it is, you can, you can connect with that person. You don't have to have necessarily lived that direct experience, but the emotions behind experiences are also similar and blend together.
2: That's everything. That's everything that I've always felt. Um, I think I think the I think life is scary and it's a you know a random lottery of tragedy and shit like that and it's it's dark and, and and terrifying and lonely above all even when I have a family you know what I mean I've got a I got a daughter and and a wife and like I you know I love them all very much but there are moments where I'm still totally alone and I feel so lonely you know what I mean so I think all we want is to see someone see us. I think that's it. I think, I think art is just about recognizing another person. It's just about making a connection and whatever that is. It's like, it's like, you know, when you break up with someone and you hear that song and you're like, that's everything I feel. This person just said everything. I mean, it's just, it's like that hokey. It's, it's, it's just knowing that there's someone else out there that sees you and, and, and you've made a connection. I, I think that's the most important thing you can do.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that, it's a cliche that after you break up, there's an <laughs> album that gets you through it, you know? Yep. There's m- music does exactly that, which is why, you know, you sneak it into our theater shows and our movies that we make because <laughs> they're manipulative oh, tools, you know? A thousand
2: percent. A thousand percent.
0: So
1: that's, that's, that's interesting. I wish, I wish we had the opportunity to, to, speak to every artist before we experience their work. You know what I mean? It's, it's nice to go into something and not know. Right. And just experience something, but also maybe as like, as people that are interested or my, my, myself as someone that's interested in process, that's interested in intention. Like I just really enjoy having these conversations with artists about whatever it is that they're creating. Um, because I guarantee you, not you know, when I see Middletown all the way through, not only will I have like your account of it, and you know, uh, I know you know your your head lead actress in that, so like I have all these other things that are going to be buzzing around in my head that I think will will create a, in it, an atmosphere where I'm more enjoying you know what's happening, even if it, I would have enjoyed it regardless. Um,
2: yeah, hundred percent. And I, I, definitely need that crutch. So if I could tell everybody what I made, why I made this, maybe they'll all be into it. I remember get, I got yeah, broken. I, mean, I got. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shane. Oh, no, I, just, go for I it. was gonna say, like, I, I, This one time, I got my heart broken by this girl, and, uh, and I came across Lenny Kravitz's uh, "Mama Said" album, and I remember hearing Lenny Kravitz wrote this album when him and Lisa Bonet, his wife, broke up. So this whole album is this big breakup album, right?
0: I forgot they. I forgot they, they were, were married.
2: Together. Yeah, they. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz's yeah. mom and dad, right? And then, uh, and then later, uh, Beck. Beck came out. Sea Change, right? That was another great album that was made because he broke up with his longtime girlfriend. And coming across these two albums and at the same time, like searching out terribly depressing music, and then finding <laughs> these two albums, and just going like, this is why I am here. Like the, the intention is there. The music is there. Like we were on the same page. Uh, and it got me through, well, uh, we could say it got me through, I don't, know. I don't know if I was worse for wear just listening to sad music. I
0: mean, aren't we all just right. always getting through every moment? Come on,
2: deep, man. I...
0: You didn't think you I didn't, didn't think write. Down I am down. writing get it down. <laughs> you think you were
1: going to, we all just, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Uh, go ahead. Good. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I... I, I think I think Mike nailed it on the head if you want to be a true <laughs> cinephile all you have to you have to know more than you have to know what you're walking into you have to be able to identify where the performers are coming from and identify where the director is coming from and not only where they're coming from but what story are they trying to tell what story are they apt to tell and maybe what stories shouldn't they be telling i sort of be interested to know if there has been a project that you've veered away from that you have started and been like oh god I can't do this for whatever reason
2: I think um I don't think so I, I mean I've definitely you know the first couple of things that I did I definitely buried uh just because like you know first few times out of the door it's not it's sort of embarrassing but I think, I think if I veer away from stuff, generally, I think if I'm trying to veer away from stuff, I feel myself pulling from something. I should push myself harder in that direction because it's me trying to protect myself and my ego or, or I'll feel vulnerable. And I find that vulnerability is often like truth and that's what people connect with. So just do it, you know, just tear the bandaid off and do it.
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that makes, makes sense, sense. Um, to just kind of, instead of allowing that trepidation to decide what you're going to do in that moment, you decide. Yeah. I I definitely understand that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Isn't the trepidation part of who you are? Yeah. I mean, not to say we shouldn't try things and do things, but sometimes isn't that fear like, shouldn't you listen to that? not just i don't know it's i really don't agree with the side <laughs> i'm taking here but I also the beginning feel of like a sound I, argument Shane. <laughs> <laughs> i give up i take it all back <laughs> we'll just cut this part of the episode
1: <laughs> so you you did already talk about uh the challenges of independent filmmaking and you know kind mm. of just barreling through is is your methodology through of like of kind of um, taking on those and overcoming those obstacles, but kind of to expand on that a little bit, um, what's the process for for omission? So, like every artist, no matter what you're doing, um, you get to a point where you 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 you're at the impasse. Either I'm gonna get this thing, or I'm not gonna get it. If it's the scene, it's the it's the you know the the light. It's the the boom, you know, operator you wanted to work with, whatever it is, you know, what's your process for kind of um, coming to terms with your creative endeavor and the thing that you want to get done and then the thing that's practical and sometimes can't with your resources?
2: Yeah, Um, that's great. That's a great question. I think that I'm going through that right now. Uh, we're we're just getting another movie up on its feet, and that's what we're dealing with. So I think you do it early. Uh, I think you do it in, in film. It's, it's film at this level. There's a couple different ways to do it, right? There's there's the like run and gun kind of do it when you can, and it's not very organized. Uh, And then there's like what I try to do is try to treat everything like a real movie. I feel like if you treat it like a real movie, then it is a real movie type of situation. So we have like pre-production time where we really spend time locking down locations and setting schedules and calling talent and cat and crew and and, and everything. And I think if you do your homework in pre-production, you should know what all of those limitations are and you should have planned accordingly in the months leading up to you being on the on the set. So I think, yeah, I think you get a really good idea in pre-production, what's feasible, what's not feasible. Now, I haven't said that usually like while I'm writing, I try to write like 15, 20% outside of what mm-hmm. is feasible, because I find like when we're in pre-production, get, getting a script out there is usually enough of a momentum generator that we're able to push a little further and get some stuff that's just outside of our reach, which I, I just makes a better movie. I feel like it adds a little more production value and stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess that's another long-winded answer, uh, to say pre-production, Mike. Oh no, yeah. I would say yeah, pre-production. Yeah. That's is good. what you know.
0: Look, I mean, I think the long-winded answer <laughs> is why we're all here and we're right like doing an this hour sort hour of interview right. stuff. You I know guess you mean? don't I, want I like, like just pre-production. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <Put it> on. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: because so much of what we do as artists is so often boiled down to that single word, that, that single verb that just mm pre-production that could have been your answer mm-hmm. but there's so much more to that there's so many layers yeah. to that that y- you as the director have to take into account but as an easy one-word answer you could just write that yeah. off you know and i and i think what we do is really try to give credit and credence to all of that work because there's a there lot is, to man.
2: it i think i think that's great and I, that's why i you know i i started listening to this podcast last week and uh think that that's important and i think it's great that you guys are artists as well and so it's not just some you know couple of random <laughs> random guys randos if you will uh, just asking questionable I mean, yeah. it's the
1: same way i think the same way you feel about you know your 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 work and your your what your input is i think we we feel similarly we were just like hey we're bored over this long pandemic let's do something fun and now it's kind of turned into this thing where we really like doing it so we're just going to keep doing it
2: <laughs> how frustrating was that for you guys as theater actors what what was that like you know to know that okay we can't do anything and we can't do we literally can't do anything unless it's going to be like you know like zoom theater which i saw sure, was happening sure. For a while. i, I definitely did
1: my fair like share of that um yeah and sure Although I did I did stay um, fairly choosy and, you know, selective with what exactly I worked on. And I actually ended up working on a lot of projects that I was really proud of, despite, you know, that kind of like Zoom, the, the, the tone in your voice when you said Zoom theater. Um, I didn't no, mean it disparagingly. You know it's, it's, I just it's meant that. absolutely, it's real. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's that's I real. have that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have that. Just because what we're used to, what we came out of in 2019 was going to shows in real life, sitting in a theater, seeing more than just this much of a person emote and yeah. tell a story. And you know what I mean? So, of course, yeah, a shift into anything else um, is is going to be jarring and against what you expect, right? And I think Shane and I had very different uh, experiences
0: where like Shane
1: didn't do a lot of anything is yeah as I mean performing.
0: I I kind of just yeah I just kind of stopped over the COVID and I kind of just I kind of let a lot happen around me because personally I've just always been interested in how theater and technology was going to hybrid like at what point were these worlds going to be forced together and what were we what were theater makers going to get out of it and what i think we're getting out of it is a shortcut yeah <laughs> you know we no longer have to all be in the same space at the same time for certain uh like uh textual like investigation type table work rehearsals so much of that can happen in the comfort of your own home behind a screen and there's a safety there's a people feel safe because they're in their own home. So there's a willingness to go further. I think there's a willingness to push that line in your own home. And then once we do get in the same space, it's become a hybrid. We've done so much of this work over technology. You felt safe. You're at home. Now it's time to bring it to people. Now it's time to bring it to an audience and, what I've noticed is people are really excited about it, not just because they haven't done it for a year, but they're just more confident in the work they're doing because of how we got it to where yeah. it is. We no longer put everyone in a room and said, hey, feel safe because we're all safe people to be around. We said, just be safe. You're in your own house. Nothing's going to get you. You can toe that line. You can push your boundaries. And then when you get to the stage, at the very we'll least, we never really, plan yeah. on
2: having
1: another production meeting in person. So,
2: <laughs> for real, yeah, it's a, it's a testament to the artist's spirit, right? That that uh, we like found a way. Yeah, <laughs> even in even in this yep. even in this yep. shit, you know, found Absolutely. a way to make it happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, every every pandemic, every plague has a renaissance, right? Mm, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I i personally i it was i don't think i've ever felt so helpless it just you know just uh watching the time tick and tick and tick with no hope to move forward and uh so hopefully this is my renaissance is is coming I'll, I'll, i can contribute to that as well
0: yeah i mean don't get me wrong like <laughs> i said i did almost nothing over COVID. my roommate and i built a fort that's, i mean that's great house. Like, and it stayed up for too long.
2: <laughs>
1: so, all right. So then I asked, I got one more question then. Well, probably two more questions, but oh, this yeah, sure. one more relevant question. Um, <laughs> so you're ramping up. You're getting There seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, what are you Hopefully doing? It's what are you... not a, you know, incandescent that's going to go out. But <laughs> what, uh, so you're, you're ramping up. And so, um, Tell us about that. How's that been?
2: Uh, it was slow. Um, it, it's <laughs> so I, I, I wrote something. I kind of had like a sloppy draft of stuff together, I think in January 2020 um, with the intention of like, all right, we're going to take Middletown um, into –
0: this is going to be my right
2: right I was like Middletown is going to is going to be like hopefully getting some festivals and we're going to be doing this stuff so while that's happening we're going to be shooting this other movie and this is kind of the situation I always wanted to be in where I've got one movie done that I feel good about that that is going to get out there and be seen while another one is ramping up and then like have another pot on the stove way over there that I'm just starting to put water into the pot you know so i i kind of wanted to have that happen and it seemed like it was going in that direction and then there was just this you know obviously the world caught on fire so it took me a while to process what was happening and once i did i found myself becoming like hyper prolific like not and i don't mean prolific like in a good way like oh you know i I was putting out such great work but i mean like i started writing like problematically Mm. like i was hiding and writing um, to deal, you know, to escape, right? So,
0: coping. Yeah, yeah. Right?
2: So I wrote. So I finished. I finished this script uh, that we're that we're going into now. But as soon as I finished like a passable draft, I started getting it out there, and and I was hyper intense. Like, let's go. Let's get everything in line. Because as soon as this fucker, bro- oh, I'm sorry. As soon as this thing breaks, like we're gonna do this. Like we're gonna do this as soon as we can. And uh, and then mm-hmm. we just couldn't. So I've spent all of these months just watching the clock and watching the reports and watching Fauci and why I'm refreshing my, you know, my numbers feed on Twitter going like, all right, well, 0.59% seems pretty safe and I'm vaccinated and everybody, you know, like just trying to get us to a spot. So uh, it's yeah. been really hard. And then, you know, with movies like this, I'm not paying a diner to stay closed for a day so we can go in there and shoot 10 pages. We're going to be working on off hours. So they want to know exactly what day that's going to be. And they want to know exactly what hour that's going to be. And that's hard to say when people are dying of the plague, you know, I I, I don't know the answers to these things. I don't know when the, when it's going to be, and we have to play it by ear. So you lose talent, you lose locations and you have to find new talent, new locations. And, So it's been really challenging (laughs) from my point of view to just uh, to have everything lined up so far in advance. Uh, But, you know, we're in a, thankfully we're in a place now where um, the numbers are all looking good. Everybody's vaccinated. Like we're starting, I'm starting to feel like the emergence of it. It's, we can move forward. And, uh, and I think we're going to start shooting in July, which still seems like an eternity away, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like four hours from now, I think.
0: Uh, so before we get to our last last uh-huh. question, um, I w- want you to give you uh, a moment to talk about if is there a place people can get a hold of you, contact you, see any of your work, a Twitter, a Facebook, um, a website, any of that yeah. kind of stuff.
2: So I hang out at the Fast Track <laughs> um, in uh, Amsterdam. I'm usually there between two and four a.m. Uh,
0: I actually know that. Yeah. fast track.
2: Yeah. I'll show you, I'll show wow. you the, I'll show you the movie on my phone. I'll just, everybody can just come over and get close. I'll bum a bum of smoke. It'll be fine. Uh,
0: all right. Well, you heard it here. Fast track between two and 4. am. Yeah. Uh, we'll meet up with Jay and we'll do a yes. mini screening.
2: Uh, yeah. So uh, Middletown uh, middle, you can see all the info on Middletown and the hopefully coming soon middle tour where we're going to take the movie awesome. on the road. Uh, for a punk rock style road show um, at Uh, MiddletownMovie.com. There should be all the info there, like the social links.
0: See all that bullshit? You had a website (laughs) in there. I had a website
2: (laughs) in there. Yeah, that's it. You come to see me between two and four, and I'll just just point you to the website. That's all it is. Thanks for coming, guys. Can I borrow a dollar? It's just... (laughs) It's better than Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, i can't hour? believe it's already over jesus <laughs>
1: i know our interview guys are smooth too quick. last question which actually changes hmm. from episode to episode is what's your favorite snack
2: it really does what's my favorite snack oh my god that's the best <laughs> question ever
0: uh <laughs> i know we have you in a like a, a mindset of making film and it's like yeah. hey
2: what about Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I stopped eating sugar 130 oh, wow. days ago. For st- oh, so you're not counting. <laughs> I'm counting okay. it every minute. It's so agonizing. I'm I found out what a piece of shit junkie I am when you remove <laughs> sugar from from the equation. Like yeah Dude, it's, yeah, I was like, Hey, can I get started, like a Tic Tac? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, what if I just, all right, what about the, the regular Cheerio? What's the sugar on a one regular Cheerio? It's something to get me through, man. It's just a taste. Uh, it was, it's bad. So, uh, but if I had, if that is not happening, cause I'm totally falling off the wagon soon. Uh, <laughs> he's oh like, it's God, I fantasize about it. Uh, it's so pathetic. This <laughs> is my life. Um, peanut M&M's. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah sure
2: yeah,
0: yeah. good call good yeah. call
2: because i can convince myself that that's, there's something that's a little, that little, a little bit healthy some like protein yeah, yeah,
0: yeah protein yeah you get that legume so like good protein, protein in there mm. it's
2: fine and it's surrounded by six pounds of chocolate and i also need the big bag because i'm not what am i do you want to know how crazy i look at this look at this this is in my desk drawer just <laughs> waiting for me this has been sitting here the, since the halloween peanut, the mini and peanut every day M&M
1: bag. yeah
2: Every day I come into this room and I open this drawer and I look at you and I'm not I'm like not today Satan and I gotta throw it back in the drawer and shut it. Be careful. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a uh-huh. gateway. Just a taste. The, the That's one gonna lead to the regular there. bag
0: and then the <laughs> and then I'm gonna oh, no. be, and then the Halloween and then size. Then,
2: yep, Halloween that would be dancing outside Fast Track at 2 a.m. going, Can you hook me up, <laughs> man? Yeah, I know. Well,
1: well, thank yeah, you for advanced. for uh venturing so close to the brink in order to share share that little bit about yourself. <laughs> and we we hope that you, you know, you continue with all of this self-control <laughs> and willpower because
2: I stopped drinking oh, during man. the pandemic, which was the uh, biggest mistake uh, uh, uh. I can it wasn't like I didn't put in my, it's not like I didn't put in my work during the first half of the pandemic. Like I really put in some work. Uh, I think the last day, the last day, like the liquor store that I would go to was open. I had a conversation with the clerk. I came up, I had like a box of stuff and she was like, oh, you know, you're going into the hole. And I said, if I, if we're going, if we're going in, I'm coming out yellow. I mark my words. Uh, so I gave it my all, but uh, yeah, so it's all about. Control. hey man <laughs> we're all about self-betterment that's that's good. all right
0: that's jay all right all right <laughs> uh so do us a favor um when your next film comes out uh come back on the show talk about it and let us know what you have on that back burner for for the and next one i would one. be
2: so happy to and i'm so I, i'm honored to be on and i really appreciate you guys uh invite me on it's, it's been awesome keep doing this please because i i mean i'm selfish and i just i enjoy it so just if, if nothing else please just do it for me all right I need you this. heard it
1: just for jay we got to keep I going think we can handle so. that you all, thank he, you he's saved the show <laughs> so thank you
0: thank you <laughs> i know this was going to be the last Not one but all. if you if you want to keep this. going Sounds right, hey, i appreciate it feels you good guys.
1: it feels good to hear that so thank, thank
0: you thank you so much thank you jay so much for coming on the al pod we appreciate it we can't wait to have you on again And that's going to bring us to audience participation for this week. Mike, do you have audience participation for this week?
1: I do. I Uh, knew
0: you would. You're always on top of your game like that. I mean, I try. I try so hard.
1: Uh, This week's audience participation is... What's your favorite movie? Why is it your favorite movie? Is it a type of movie you like to watch by yourself? Or would you rather watch it and share it with someone else? Is it a happy movie or a sad movie?
0: Or is it a guilty pleasure movie? Is it a movie that you don't tell people that it's your favorite movie, but deep down, it's your favorite movie?
1: Like anything by Zack Snyder,
0: basically. Well, is shots fired. a guilty fired. pleasure movie for me. <laughs> and when you want to shoot those shots at Zack Snyder, where are you going to do that at, Mike?
1: You're going to shoot those shots at a place where he will never see them. On our Facebook, at www.facebook.com slash active listeners
0: podcast or be a little more careful on our twitter because he is subscribed to our twitter channel and that is at act list pod so less careful and join in the conversation peace
1: like what you hear leave us a rating and if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash active and become a patron our theme music it's a trap was created by remodel thanks for listening